0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Thursday, February 23rd. We're talking Red Sox baseball today with Ian Brown, our Red Sox reporter. It's Matt Wehmeyer pinch hitting today for Tim McMaster on the Sox podcast. And Ian, thank you for the time. And uh, Ian, the Red Sox, uh, having just wrapped up their annual uh, spring training kickoff game, against the boys from uh, Northeastern University. Good day for the Red Sox, particularly in the first inning as uh, both Mitch Moreland and Sam Travis uh, hit three-run home runs. Bryant Johnson got the starts. Uh, Pablo played. So just kind of run down the laundry list of uh, some observations uh, from the Red Sox spring training debut.
1: Yeah, you know what really stuck out, Matt, was just like, as you mentioned, there were four guys today who were making comebacks from uh, real prolonged absences last year. You know, Pablo Sandoval didn't play after April last year. He had surgery on a torn left labrum in his shoulder. You know, Swihart didn't play after June last year, having torn his ankle up. And, uh, you know, Sam Travis, one of the top prospects, t- torn ACL in late May last year. And then Brian Johnson um, had depression and anxiety issues and uh, didn't pitch the second half of the season much much at all last year. So it's uh, just great to see all those four of those guys back on the field. Uh, it was kind of a fresh... Uh, you know, really a fresh start for all four of those guys, and it was a successful uh, first step back
0: for them. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned uh, Blake Swihart, and I know that, you know, about a week ago, if even that long, you know, the, the panic meter was off the charts in Boston because he, he air-mailed, airmailed a couple of throws back to Rick Porcello during a bullpen session. You know, oh, my God, he's got the yips. He's Mackie Sasser. <laughs> he's this, he's that. Has that subsided? Is Is he okay? Can we all calm down now?
1: Yeah, I think. Matt, it was one of those only in Boston type of stories where <laughs> uh, there happened to be a camera out there at that field where those throws happen. And I'm sure this kind of thing probably happens quite a bit. And because it's Boston, um, somebody was there chronicling it. And uh, Slyer talked about it for two or three days. And it was fine. He didn't have any issues today uh, in the game. And the guy is just so happy to be back uh, catching again. You know, going from left field uh, back to catching. You can understand why there would be some throwing, some mechanical. Issues that he was he was working
0: through. Yeah, like you said, this is the quintessential only-in-Boston story uh, with Blake Swihart uh, not being quite on target with a few throws back to the mound, but good to hear that everything is uh, A-OK. And I think a lot of fans, uh, with all the hoopla from last season winning the division and, and David Ortiz's walk-off year, had kind of forgotten about Brian Johnson and, and how promising he once was and maybe still could be. Talk about, you know, some of those anxiety issues he had, if he's addressed those in spring training and maybe what he's done to kind of remedy that, uh, to hopefully get a fresh start here in twenty seventeen.
1: Yeah, you know, he really worked hard uh with the Red Sox medical team last year and getting the, the right kind of help and really uh stepping away from the game a little bit. The pressures were just uh were getting to him a little bit and they really, you know, took a step back and uh, you know, none of that seems to be any kind of an issue for him right now. He seems happy kind of back to his old self. Uh, smiling, and uh, just wasn't himself at all last year. And really, uh, you think of someone's mental health first, really, I think. And uh, you think, you know, they're pitching with confidence. They're feeling good about themselves. You know, their their talent is probably going to shine through. And, uh, you know, the Red Sox could rely on somebody like that this year. He's a great uh, depth starter to have in the organization.
0: Yeah, he sure is. I mean, as uh, teams have showed uh, time and time again, it's it's not one through five anymore. It's one through whatever, eight, nine, you know, uh, guys, long relievers, guys in triple A. Guys that are called upon in a spot starts. And, you know, Brian Johnson could fill any one of those roles, which will inevitably come up at some point uh, during the 2017 season. So good to see that uh, he was uh, on the mound today and effective against uh, Northeastern. Let's focus on that rotation a little bit more, and you know, for all the attention that the top three are getting, and rightfully so, as you're talking about, you know, the reigning Cy Young winner and Rick Porcello, a former Cy Young winner in David Price, and a guy that could win the Cy Young. It's kind of amazing he has not yet obviously Chris Sale, but the, the back end of that rotation, I think it goes overlooked, as you wrote the other day, those spots could be filled by two guys that were all-stars last year. Let's not forget about that. You know, Stephen Wright, also Drew Pomerant. you got uh, Eduardo Rodriguez in the mix. How do you like or how do you see that battle shaping out what it's looking
1: like, you know, three guys for two spots right now? Yeah, you know, we're going to have to see which two guys come out the healthiest because They're all three of them are coming back from something. You know, uh, Erod had the knee thing last year, and then I uh, had a little fluky knee injury in, in winter ball this year, and Pomerantz had the that, that elbow woes. Uh, you know, the plate didn't really throughout the second half last year, and Stephen Wright had the shoulder. So they're all kind of they're going at a slower pace this spring. We'll see who looks the best and who can kind of separate themselves from the pack. But I agree that um, the Red Sox have a, not only they have a great top three of the rotation, but really, uh, you know, it should be a pretty good lower part of the rotation here, four and five and six even. At times, and uh, you know, I think they have to feel very good about their starting depth right now. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, Stephen Wright was the guy in the first half of last year before Porcello came on, and with Price, you know, kind of kind of struggling and trying to find his way in his first season uh, with the Red Sox. Stephen Wright was the guy. He was the rock you know, every fifth day. He really was, yeah. Yeah, going out there and firing that knuckleball, and he had some truly outstanding starts. He was uh, at or near the top of the leaderboard in complete games last year, and no reason to think he can't uh, duplicate that here in 2017. But, Ian, focusing on, on the two lefties, uh, Erod and Pomerantz, we've seen flashes of brilliance from both. We've seen a lot of inconsistency from both. Of the two, who do you think has the higher ceiling, the the better potential uh, to be a, a little bit better than the other guy?
1: Uh, I would say Eduardo Rodriguez. I mean, this guy has some electric stuff at times, and uh, I think that he can be really uh, a special pitcher, top third of the rotation guy at some point. You know, whether, you know, whether that clicks this year or next year or whatever, um, it's just a, a mental. He's got to get over some mental hurdles, and you know, he's got to get over that knee and get that out of the back of his mind. Uh, and, I, you know, I like Pomerantz too, but uh, Pomerantz did it for a short stint in San Diego. Uh, before that, he kind of bounced around a little uh, between starting and relief. Um, but, you know, I think that Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez can really have a dominant stuff. And the good thing about Pomerantz is he can pitch well as a starter or out of the bullpen. He's done both in his career. So he gives you a little more versatility than
0: Rodriguez does. Yeah, absolutely. I think fans are kind of waiting for that breakout season from Erod. Maybe twenty seventeen is that season. Uh any further concern about that knee? You know, we we saw when he first came back last year, he altered his delivery and the results were dreadful. Then he went back, he you know, that knee got stronger and healthier. He went back to his normal wind up and, and pitching motion and his last fourteen starts a 3-2-4 ERA, a near no-hitter against the A's on the road. He was himself again, but, again, he did kind of retweak that knee uh, during winter ball. Any more concerns about that or, or not really?
1: I think it's good to go. Like you said, though, you've got to make sure he's over it mentally, and that's why it'll be interesting, you know, once he starts taking the mountain games to see how he looks and to make sure he's not favoring anything. I think he's a kid who sometimes gets in his own head sometimes. They so just hope he goes out there and trusts his stuff and trusts his body and trust, uh, trust the process a little
0: bit, trust the process. That's, that's the buzzword these days. <laughs> so hopefully, uh, you know, he's a guy that can really contribute in the back end of that rotation. And if a guy with the stuff of Erod is your number four starter, that's a rotation that's in pretty good shape, I think, on that point we can all agree. Uh, Ian, just give me some other uh, you know, observations you've had in the first uh seven, eight days here of Red Sox camp, things that you've seen or heard that have kind of stood out to you for one reason or another.
1: Yeah, I think well, um Chris Dale has really blended in quite well with these guys and I think that his intensity and competitive nature is really gonna rub off on on these guys with the rotation. You already see Sale. Price and uh, are already kind of forming a bond between the three of those guys. So this could be a really special uh, front three of the rotation. You know, when you look at that, uh, Pablo Sandoval moving around really well, looks great. You know, you hope he can uh, sort of sort of keep that up. And uh, you know, other than that, uh, you just want to keep guys healthy this time of year. And uh, you know, I think the, the Red Sox, if they get out of the spring healthy, they they have a you know a pretty good team, a team that should win a ton of games this year, and I think they, they
0: can't wait to get started. Yeah, I bet. Uh, Red Sox Nation cannot wait to see these guys on the field and to see if they can build off a AL East Division title in 2016, but a very disappointing first-round sweep at the hands of the eventual uh, pennant-winning Cleveland Indians. So we'll see what's in store for the Sox here in uh, 2017. And have you made it through an entire day yet in spring training without somebody mentioning the words David and Ortiz? <laughs> uh, no, probably not. You know,
1: but uh, He's always going to be a president. But, uh, you know, I think the one thing that has become clear is, look, he's not coming back. I think that uh, he put out a couple goofy tweets or Instagrams or whatever over the winter, and people were all abuzz. But, look, uh, he's not coming back. He's tweeting out pictures on the beach. And, uh, you know, even Hanley Ramirez, his best friend, says, look, he, he's, he's not coming back, guys. It's time to, time to turn the page. He had a great uh, send-off last year. Really, there was, there, there was no better way for him to go out. But I think you know he will come back to this Red Sox family uh, pretty soon, and you know the role is still being hashed out. You might see it as a hybrid of uh, you know, working with some hitters in the system. Uh, mentoring guys on uh, on leadership and what it takes to succeed in Boston, and also maybe even doing some TV work. You know, so uh, I think the big uh, poppy is is hardly going to be a recluse. He's still going to be around, just not going to be uh, mashing that baseball anymore.
0: Yeah, which is a shame. But like you said, you know, it's it's time to turn the page and to to sail the ship and uh, you know move on to another chapter here. And uh, you mentioned the the TV work that could be in the works. Uh, you know, any more. Details on that, would it be just a, a spot appearance here or there? Would it be something fairly consistent throughout the season?
1: Yeah, I think, look, I think this year David Ortiz really kind of wants to lay low. Look, this guy's been playing baseball his whole life. Uh, he's been in that grind, and I think that uh, you know, he'll take a lot of this year off. But going forward, I think he's going to be a frequent presence on camera, be it, uh, you know, one of those one of the networks, I'm sure, will, will scoop him up. He's going to get himself – into a prominent role, this guy. One of the, I always thought one of the underrated things about David Ortiz was not just how good he was, but how smart he was talking about baseball. And uh, obviously he has a charismatic personality to make it work on TV. So yeah, I think like a lot of uh, former players, you know, you're going to see him you know, in the media, and I think that he'll, he's going to excel at it. He's going to be very good, almost a natural.
0: Yeah, and I think the obvious comparison is, of course, Pedro Martinez, you know, who right. was so dynamic and charismatic during his career. He's, uh, you know, parlayed that into a successful TV career. He's very candid, very engaging, very personable, and no reason to think that uh, Big Poppy would not have all those same attributes in front of a TV camera, too. We just got to get Pedro and Poppy on the same broadcast, and that would just be <laughs> a dream come true for a lot of Red Sox viewers, I'm sure. And to wrap up here, very important question, uh, which I'll pose to you: Which Hall of Fame does Mookie Betts have a better shot of reaching one day, baseball or bowling?
1: Oh boy, that's uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to say baseball because that's what he's doing for a living. The boy, if he wanted to, uh, you know, maybe maybe bowling after he's done. You know, maybe he'll go on that tour after he's done playing baseball. But uh, pretty pretty special athlete right there.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he is something else. Uh, You know, recently during NBA All-Star Weekend, I think six strikes in a row, uh, you know, during a a charity event uh, in New Orleans. I mean, he... He was absolutely uh, electrifying. And, you know, is he a guy – is he trying to get other guys on the team into bowling or to watch bowling, or does he kind of, you know, keep that to his own interests?
1: Yeah, I think every now and then he arranges a bowling night for the guys. But, uh, you know, that, that's his thing. None of those guys here to touch him in bowling. They're just trying to maybe match some of his exploits uh, on the baseball field. But uh, he's got a bowling, a bowling thing. He's got that uh, – he's got the market on that corner for the Red Sox. Yeah, no he's question the best, there. The best he- Red Sox, he's the best Red Sox bowler since John Burkett.
0: There we go. Uh, Information you only find here on the Red Sox podcast with Ian Brown. Great place to wrap it up, Ian. Thanks so much. And we'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, it's Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Boston Red Sox.